And we're live. What's going on, guys? Thanks for coming to Nooner Nation. I have a special guest tonight, Krista from Drunk Politics. What's going on, Krista? Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Almost called you Kristen, not going to lie. I've seen some of your videos, and I know that's a big problem in your life. It is. Lots of people call me Kristen. Crystal. Christina. Yeah. Chris. Crystal will be a rough one. It's okay, yeah, Crystal it's all right. It's a rough one. Have you ever thought that maybe you're saying it wrong? Everybody maybe. else is right. Yeah. I asked my mom the other day. I was like, why the fuck did you name me Krista? Why'd you stop there? I'm just wondering, like, what possessed you? I didn't like any of the other forms. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind my name. Yeah. And as someone with two kids, uh, you never know, like, just how many names you hate until you're trying to name your child. Right. That is such a true statement. Oh my God. I had a laundry list of names I hated when I was uh, trying to name my son. Oh yeah. Or like how many people you just like could not stand in high school all of a sudden all like, comes no, flooding back. I, I'm going to, I'm going to look at that person every single time we named our child, someone or a name that we had never known anyone named that before. Yeah. For that reason. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. How, how old's your kid? Uh, he's almost 12. Oh, okay. Getting up there. He's getting old. He's an old fart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah has, has he gone to the phase, like the point now where you actually have to wake them up every day? Or is yeah. he up early? Oh, no. No. He's been in that phase for a while. He, um, yeah, he hasn't been an early riser his whole life, which oh. is great. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the opposite. I've got two boys. I've got a, a six-year-old and a, a soon-to-be three-year-old, and they, Those yeah, the yeah, they. <laughs> Your hands are full. <laughs> trying to get them to go to sleep is a chore, and then trying to keep them asleep also a chore. It's like they'll come up to like my you know, wife's bedroom. It's like, dude, like, what time is this? Like, it's four o'clock in the morning. Like, what are you doing? Go back right. to sleep. Like, no, you know. you're not allowed to get up yet. Yeah, so we're definitely yeah. fighting that. We're losing that battle, definitely. Like, they always want to come up and sleep in our bed. And we're like, no, but then when it's 4 o'clock in the morning and you want to sleep, it's kind of like, how how bad do I really want to fight this, you know? Yeah, right. so, I don't have the energy to stay over there. So, Well, speaking of parenting, before we give you the proper introduction here, um, it is the 23rd, you know, Christmas Eve is tomorrow. And to all the parents, I've been saying it all month. Go move the fucking elf. Go move the elf, guys. Yeah. Do it. Do you, are you an elf on the shelf household? And entertain us while you're doing it. No, I actually personally hate elf on the shelf, but um, that's my own inner personal problem. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was definitely against a, it. But I it, like the funny. I like the funny positions people put elves in. Oh, like yeah. The the best one I've seen this year was when the elf was sitting on the copy machine and it was printing out a face of Joe Biden. Yeah. That was great. That yeah, one I think, was my and the, I wish I would have thought of that, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might have even seen that on your Instagram where I saw that. Yeah. Did I you post that? Yeah. Instagram, but I, couldn't, I couldn't take credit for it. I wanted to go get my Barbies out of storage and have like Ken dressed up like um, Hunter with the scarf and all the things, and then have him sitting next to the elf trying to teach him how to do a line of coke. Yeah. But I never did that. Yeah, Maybe so that's, year. yeah, the elf just showed up at our house. Um, 
you know. And I was yeah. def- I definitely wanted to do like an Elf in the Shelf after dark Instagram account. And my wife, I started running through all the stuff I want to do. And my wife's like, you are not going to be attached to that at all. So, no, so I didn't get to do that. But cut, yeah. yeah, but what it did do is I'm not responsible really for the elf at all around the house. So That's perfect. Yeah. She can do it, right? Yep, man, she yeah. does. She does. And the I kids... mean, the elf decides what he wants to get into anyways, right? Yeah, apparently. It's all up to the elf. Yeah. yeah. Yep. going to so. go put his hand in the cookie jar or... What kind of stuff has your elf done? Um, he, let's see, he tied up the Avengers action figures and like hung them from the ceiling. Uh, what else does he do? He, um, yeah, all this, you know, all the goofy kid shit gets into the flower while making cookies and whatnot. So I like the Avenger situation. Though. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. The, the like kids that. loved that one, you know, but, so yeah, anyways, drunk politics right you got a podcast you do it with your I sister do. yeah i do yeah with my yeah. sister cool so you want to give us like a little quick uh you know your elevator pitch on yourself and then uh tell us about your show yeah okay so i'm krista hilton and i have a show called drunk politics podcast started it with my sister like a year and a half ago in the first year we just kind of were fucking around with it and we we're like oh let's start a podcast because who doesn't have one now and um so we just started season two we're taking it a little more seriously but it's been a really fun journey and uh we decided to do it after i read the whole cares act and couldn't even believe what coverage was like about the act that i had just read and i started watching c-span because i'm a nerd and i like to do stuff like that and so um then i was really you know during covid watching how um the news was portraying some of the press conferences and like the hearings that were going on in the senate um and i just think we live in a fucking clown world let's get online and talk about it so Oh, that's, yeah. that's how it birthed itself. Um, I've been in business. I've been an entrepreneur for like 20 years. Um, I never really worked for anyone else. And this has been like a fun venture to learn a whole new world of things. So that's me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely love it. Um, I got into podcasting. This is, uh, I think this is only like my 15th episode for Neuter Nation. But um. So kind of the story behind that is, um, well, you've been, you, so you've, I saw you did an episode of your show with, uh, Dan Holloway. who's a friend of mine with the drinking bros and American party. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, obviously that, that network, I mean, they've, they've built up a podcasting network at this point. Um, they, during the pandemic, they started doing live shows all the time and created this, uh, community, the Nooners, as they've been kind of known now the, in the live chats and stuff on the live shows. And uh, I got over the summer, I got an opportunity to go to like the big Field of Dreams baseball game uh, here in cool. Iowa uh, with mm-hmm. Ross, who I think was probably still sick while you were there. Um, and, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then wife and kids got sick while I was there and had to drive back at like 10 o'clock at night. And it's like a three hour drive. And uh, oh, needed, needed some, yeah, needed needed some people to talk to for the drive, and I reached out to a bunch of people in the Nooner community, and ended up having a whole bunch of really cool conversations. I was like, hey, like, this was fun. Maybe I should just start doing this on a microphone, calling, you know, reaching out to people and having fun yeah. conversations. And uh, it's been yeah. fun. It's definitely a challenge. Um, I found out immediately mm-hmm. that I need to get over hating the sound of my own voice. You know. Oh yeah, same. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Like the, I don't really love it, but yeah, the, the first couple <laughs> test runs I did, I was like, there's no fucking way. Like I sound like Tiger Woods with a sinus infection. Like nobody's going to listen to me. You know, like I get super nasally too. I get it. Yeah. I just have, I have terrible, I have terrible sinuses, but so do I. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I worked through it and now I can, I can listen to myself well enough to edit episodes and stuff and not so much worry about it. And, uh, and also yeah, like everybody, good. like everybody I've talked to that does, you know, speaking for a living was like, everybody hates the sound of their own voice. It just like, it's, it's human nature. Like it doesn't, nobody thinks it sounds right. Yeah. And if you think, if you probably, I imagine anybody that likes the sound of their own voice is probably like a cult leader or a serial killer. You know, probably. like Jim, yeah, jo- Jim Jones. A psychopath on some level. Yeah. Jim Jones yeah. probably listening to tapes of himself all the time. I'm doing God knows what, you know, himself to sleep like listening to his own yeah. voice yeah sings, sings his own lullabies on tape sing yourself lullabies yeah, yeah. So, so so you mentioned yeah you watch c-span um I do. Have, have you always been into like politics or was it something you know no, you just grew I was into doing, um, i was working with small businesses mostly like brick and mortar type businesses that either did services like in the beauty industry or um, like sold clothing, things like that. Um, I was working with them to help them expand and set up operations and all that. And I live in Portland, Oregon. So uh, when everything shut down, I mean, everything really fucking shut down and it took a long time to reopen. So my business at that point, because my clients weren't making any money, I couldn't really charge them. I felt bad. So I did as much research as I could to help them get government money if they needed it. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the loans, the, the EIDL loan and stuff, like the rate's so low. It's like, why the fuck not? Right. If you think you can pay it back, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I really just wanted to help them. And then I kind of had to pivot because I wasn't making much money. So it made a big, you know, impact. Um, yeah. But that's what I was doing at the time. And that's why I got more interested in it. I've always paid attention to politics, but not near as much as I do now. And I had no idea it was such a fucking shit show. Oh, like, yeah. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I didn't know our leaders had lost it that much. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like, I'm, so I'm 33. I'll be 34 here soon. But, uh, like, you know, I, I don't know what kind of 20-year-old really pays attention to politics, really. I mean, I kind of had an idea of what was happening. And most of, most of any of my political opinions at that point were just, like, parroting somebody that, like, I thought sounded smart, you know. So, but, yeah, definitely uh, in my 30s after having kids and stuff. And then, like, almost exactly like you, right? I, I knew... Even before the COVID stuff, I kind of knew that it was all just a complete shit show. I think, I think after the Trump election is when I really was just like, this is all, especially like mainstream media was all garbage. Cause before that, yeah, before that I traveled, I traveled for work quite a bit and my go-to news, like in the mornings when I was getting ready or in the evenings, you know, to have on with CNN. Cause I didn't, I don't know. I didn't know any better and they seemed trustworthy. And I remember at the yeah. time, at, so this would have been. Was right after the 2016 elections. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm in like Winnipeg, Canada, or no, I'm in Detroit at the time. So somewhere worse than Canada. But yeah. um, 
I had CNN on getting ready and Chris Cuomo was on and it was right around the time. I don't know if you recall, like Trump had some sort of like aggressive phone call with like the prime minister of Australia or something like really early in his term. And they had, they had some Senator on and Cuomo was like, well, what do you think he said in that phone call? And the Senator's like, well, I wasn't there. Like, I'm not going to comment on that. He's like, right, right, right. But if you were there, what do you think he would have said in the phone call? (laughs) And just really, the guy's like, I don't know how to answer this. And he just keeps digging and digging. That's kind of, to this day, I remember that's when the light really flicked for me. I was like, oh, like, this is literally just a game to people. Like, and it's both sides. I mean, like, you know, I I Mm -hmm. tend to steer away from most everything. Like, I watch Fox News and get irritated. Um, You know, I'm I'm a fairly, Mm -hmm. I, I personally don't like, labeling myself as anything because i think where i stand on issues is an issue to issue basis um but i'd say if if you're to add it all up i'm probably a little right of center you know um you know i like i like having guns and i'm not going to tell somebody what to do with their body you know so same so when i watch even when i I think most i think so and it's it's uh we're not as polarized as they want to make us like most americans are like leave me the fuck alone. Let's make sure we don't have extreme poverty. Let me have my guns and just let me be and don't mm-hmm. bend me over when it comes to taxes, please. No. And thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's just, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think just from what, from what I recall, it definitely partisan politics wasn't as much as a team sport as it is now. I think obviously I think the, the, the Trump election, Trump Hillary was kind of the catalyst of that um so in reality like now i focus really as far as politics go um i put most of my like concern and effort into like my local stuff local state stuff um yeah. you know and i because i think that's really where most of the change happens right and yeah. uh, everybody wants to look like you know focus on what's happening in washington and in reality it's what the decisions you make in your own town, you know, they ripple, that's what ripples there. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, that's, that's my political story, I guess. I I don't watch C-SPAN, you know, I, uh, I binge watch like Witcher season two and then go. Oh yeah. I haven't started season two yet. That's a great show. Yeah. I just, me and my wife watched episode one of season two and then with the holidays and stuff, we're not going to get into it until probably afterwards. And then, uh, Was it? The, I think we might try to watch The Matrix tonight. Not sure, but. Oh yeah, I I need to I need to watch that. I'm gonna yeah. let my son watch it. I think, he'll like it. Um, he'll probably be like, Mom. You guys thought this was good graphics back in the day, or oh, no? Yeah. yeah. Like what? His comments about that stuff is always really funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Like my, my <laughs> I've been binge watching graphics. Yellowstone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's your thought? So what have you, yeah. are you just now starting the whole series? I just started season three. Like I literally binged watched the first two seasons Oh yeah. and I don't watch a lot of TV. So for me to sit down and watch like three episodes in a row, yeah. you know, that means that I must like it or like it's intriguing on some level. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, uh, we're definitely, I would say we're, we don't watch a lot, but when we get into something, which do we typically go off yeah. the rails, right? Um, when we can, mm-hmm. like I said, yeah. two small kids. And it's... Yeah. yeah. But, uh, Yellowstone was cool. I thought looking back, 
they definitely pivoted how that show was going to be done from the first season onward. Because the first season, yeah. there was a lot of sex, there was nudity, there was kind of this edgy graphic, mm-hmm. you know, almost dark thing. And it still is fairly yeah. dark, but they definitely it shifted. You know, I think mm-hmm. they realized that the story was definitely, they could get a, a much wider audience and still keep the show yeah. very entertaining and cut that stuff out. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm glad they got yeah. a bigger audience. I kind of miss the nudity and sex a little bit, but I'm a guy. So, you know. I mean, yeah, that was, you know, I have to say, like, I really, I really, really like Beth's character, mm-hmm. obviously, because oh, yeah. she's obviously not like totally mm-hmm. broken, right. you know, right. and I think watching her evolve into like, oh, maybe I do have a sparkling of feeling mm-hmm. um, has been nice. Uh-oh. You there? See if we can get you back. Hey. Recording in progress. Can you hear me? Are you back? Yes, I am yeah. back. I don't know what happened there. Let's see. Tell me. Cut all the Wi-Fi in the house. I had this problem like last week. I don't know if you've ever dealt with cable companies. Nightmare. Uh, they're the worst. Nightmare. Well, I'll go cut that part out. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> um. So yeah, but best character. We're talking about your best character oh, having yeah, character. semblance of hope. Have you watched all of season two? Yeah. So, I, yeah. No, yeah. So we're we're caught up. You You're know, we caught up to me. Okay. Yeah. So the the scene where she like gets attacked in her office. Yeah. Oof. That was pretty intense. Yeah. Then I was like, whoa, what's this guy gonna do? Yeah. Then she like beats a dude to death with an ashtray or something, right? Yeah. Speaking of dark, that was probably my favorite like oh, scene yeah. of all episodes i've watched i was like this is kind of badass and then rip comes in just like saves the fucking day oh, yeah, yeah charge like just char- charging through a, a yeah glass wall taking taking gunfire right he's not even caring you know <laughs> oh, yeah and he's like i love you and she's like <sighs> yeah yeah like beat and broken oh yeah all beat up yeah definitely a uh yeah, that's a definitely a much different Cole Hauser than from the Days yeah. of Confused days, right? Totally, totally. I was, I've always been the type of girl that's like, I just don't feel like being a victim gets you anywhere. And so if somebody like were to try to rape me or something like that, I'd just get in their face like, oh, yeah, do you want to do it? <laughs> and totally fuck with their heads. Just, and, yeah. and then in that scene, she kind of does it. And I was like, exactly. Yeah, just so neg them. I know it's cinematic, but... Yeah, like just neg them to the point where they're just not even interested anymore. Yeah. Wow. I know you want me to act scared, so I'm not going to. So fuck yeah. off. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. 
I guess everybody handles their own sexual assaults different in a way, I suppose. I guess so. I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'd probably whatever. be the same way. But, yeah. But, so, oh, yeah, you want to go? Right. Yeah, like, whatever. I've had bigger. Okay. Like, exactly. You think this is the first oh, time? It. You think this is the first time I've dropped soap anywhere? Like, pff, come on, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. So actually, it'd probably be more like um, it'd probably be more like that that thing from Kevin Hart's stand-up special. I'd be like, oh no, like just let me log off on my computer one last time. Gun compartment. You know. Yes. Guns everywhere. That's everywhere. That's so. Funny. So you live in Portland. I mean, as a as a conservative leaning person in portland it's got to feel uh a bit frustrating right like portland's almost the hub of like i wouldn't even call it liberalism anymore right it's just like radical it's radical leftism yeah yeah it's just it's it's psychopathism i don't know i don't even know what to call it anymore because our the leadership has lost it that much like they're not even they're not liberals like it's an insult to liberals to call them liberals like mm-hmm. when people are like oh the democrats have ruined portland like no it's really not the democrats it's like this weird leftist fucked up agenda um and it's almost like a mental disorder is running the right. city it's not liberals it's not democrats it's just a full-blown fucking mental disorder so yeah, it's what, crazy. Was it Portland that like they like stormed the courthouse and then set up the chop area or whatever? Was that Portland? Am I remembering that? Was that? Seattle. that oh, was Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Yeah, they tried to do that in Portland, uh, but it didn't. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, they tried to do it right in front of the mayor's house, so that was never gonna be a thing. Oh yeah, well, they, they, <laughs> he, they, well he lived in a condo they, building. And so the owners of the condo building were like, uh, no, yeah, no, this isn't going to work. So yes. they came and broke that up. Got out the fire hoses and shit and just scattered. Yeah. 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 I, do, I do know. Um, who was it? Oh, um, Evan Hafer, the owner of or CEO of Black Rifle Coffee. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but yeah, um, yeah he's he has told the story plenty of times on a bunch of different things this is why it stands out that uh, he had a house in Portland. And I mean, this was five, six years ago and he had a really hard time selling it because of the like domicile laws. He had like people in vans living out in front of the house and he could not have yep. them removed. Yep. Yeah. So that, that sounds insane to me. Like, are you, do you have an issue with that? It looks I- like- Oh, well, so I moved to an area where that's not a thing, Um, but it's, I mean, it's only a matter of time before it becomes a thing because I lived in an area where it wasn't a thing and then I moved from it because it became a thing. Um, But I do live like more in the city and it's really bad in some of the neighborhoods, especially the trendier neighborhoods that were once like really cool. I don't know why people are buying property here still in Multnomah County. It's really not anywhere else outside of our county. So the county that Portland is in is called Multnomah County, and it's the only county that is an actual trash hole. There's like a few, um, a 
it's a little bit bad in Washington County, a little, but not really. And then a little bit bad in Clackamas County in certain areas, but the bulk of the problem is in Multnomah County and um, it's fucking disgusting. Um, and even, you know, like Eugene's had a few problems. Salem's had a few problems. Bend is starting to have a few problems. Bend is so pretty. It's over in central Oregon, uh, but they're migrating over there. The bulk of the issue is here. And I don't understand how people are still coming and way overpaying for houses. Why, how are we such a leftist city and we care about people, but it's so hard to actually buy a house right. and like maintain your property rights because we are, our, our squatter laws are out of control. So one of the things that I do is um, I work in property management. My best friend owns a property management company and we work together and we won't take on anything in this county because owners have no rights whatsoever. Right. So um, how long have you been in, are you from Portland originally or? No, I'm from California, from Los Angeles area, um, which is also a shithole, but where I'm from is not. Um, but Mal I've Malibu? For like eight years okay for eight years I, yeah I, so malibu is like at the top of the bay in in la and i live at the bot live like i'm from the bottom of the bay the other like peninsula that jets out gotcha i'd rather like shoot myself in the foot than go walk around like downtown los angeles right now it's fucking gross yeah yeah i'm not super familiar with like all the i guess oh is like malibu would you consider that a suburb or is it like a neighborhood of la yeah, it's know. like a little city. I mean, a it's borough. its own city. Yeah, it's in LA County. Yeah. Like the only time I've ever actually been to California was for work and I went to Corona and I was like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, I, whenever I tell people from like LA, I was like, I was in Corona. They're like, Ooh, really? And I was like, I don't know. It seems okay to me for California. The gas was yeah, really Corona's expensive. Not yeah, know. Corona's not bad. And it's actually, inland. Yeah. So I actually, uh, for that trip, I actually flew into Vegas and drove. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, for one, I love Vegas, I'm, you know. And then uh, I I had reached out to the people I know that lived in L.A. about where I was going, like Corona. Like, oh, yeah, like if you hit traffic at the wrong time from LAX, it's probably faster to come yeah. in from Vegas. And it was a really cool drive. Flown, yeah. You could have flown into Orange County. Yeah. To, like, yeah. Maine, and I that tried. wouldn't wouldn't have been that bad but it's expensive to fly in there yeah that's kind of where it was i tried doing that uh there's like yeah it was at john wayne mm -hmm. yeah and then yeah. uh so i tried doing that but yeah the, the tickets were like triple so my work which is like uh no we're not doing yeah. that and then i looked i was like you know what like i like vegas and i know it's, it's fairly true it's one road the whole way and people have told me that the drive across the desert is kind of cool yeah and uh i ended up getting yeah so I got a ticket into Vegas and just actually flew in like two days early, you know, <laughs> just hung out in Vegas for a couple of days yeah, and then drove cool. across. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that's cool. So, so is there like, what's keeping you in Portland? Just no desire to move out. You hope things turn up. Well, or? no, I have no, I really honestly have no hope for this city. Like I, I ran into a guy on, on the way home from uh, Texas I sat next to him on the plane and we just had a big bitch fest. He's a, he's a Democrat. He's been a liberal his whole life. Um, and he loved Portland at one point and he's like, I didn't vote for this. Like the people that are getting in office are so insane that like they're the crazies are beating out the moderate 
Democrats, like they just are. So it's not just Democrat fault. But anyways, he was telling me about his tax woes. And he's like, if you make any money, you're fucked. You need to move out of the city. And he's like, uh, unfortunately, things are going to get a lot worse before they get better because all of us who had fight left in us don't have it anymore. And we're just moving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that actually is so true. Everybody's literally just moving out of the area. Um, and, and that, I think, is the only way that Portland's going to wake up. Just like yanking our kids out of school is the only way the school board's actually going to wake up is when they lose funding, right? So if all the rich people move out of a city, then they have nowhere to pull money from. So that it, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. The reason I'm here is because my son's dad lives here and he has a business. And so we just can't move. Gotcha. I'm, we're not married, but I'm not an asshole and I just can't move him away from his dad. Yeah, that's like yeah. a long custody battle that makes no sense to me. So yeah, and even if it's not a custody battle, it's still pretty rough, especially at this point. You know, he's he's at the age where that's a that's a, it'd be a huge shift, right? Yeah. And yeah. lifestyle. If you could go anywhere, where would you go? Uh, we actually tried to move to Cleveland when the whole shutdown happened. My sister lives there, <laughs> and she'll kill me for telling everyone that. No one's supposed to know where she lives. She likes it to be an undisclosed location, but whatever. She lives in Cleveland. And um, don't worry, nobody's going to Cleveland, right? Even to find her. I actually really like it. Oh, yeah. She lives in a suburb outside of Cleveland, um, and they're close to the lake. And I, it's clean. Like coming from a city that's dirty as fuck, going there, it's like, okay, everybody, it's clean, and everybody has pride for their city, and they have all three sports inside the city limits and um people are festive and it's just different and so because i have family there we did think about moving there and they have like decent schools compared Mm -hmm. to here um but my ex-husband just he couldn't he just couldn't we couldn't deal with it my son was all about trying it out you know Mm -hmm. and we did go there for like three months but yeah yeah Yeah, i uh, so i'm originally from uh like western north carolina like the Asheville area yeah. And, uh, yeah. I moved to Des Moines, Iowa. So the Midwest, uh, eight or nine years ago. And other than, you know, the winters can be a little shitty. Um, I love it out here. Thank uh, you. you know, cost of living compared to like salaries is great. The people are super nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and unlike in reality, it seems like, it seems like the, uh, the politically polarized seem to migrate or at least currently be on coasts. The people here, like, even if you're, it doesn't really matter what side you stand on. Like, people typically aren't assholes about it. You get yep. a couple, you know, you get those fringe, those crazy fringe people that yeah. I think in reality aren't even, aren't even thinking about some of the stuff that they're, they're shouting about. You know, it's just, it's like, oh, 100%. this, this, this person says this, therefore, this is what I'm going to say and it's like well if you thought about it for 30 seconds you'd realize like this is incorrect and they're they're literally just baiting you you know like like i said it's turned into a team sport and it's ridiculous and i'm with you i think a lot of these places that have become kind of like the the magnets for polarization are Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's gonna get rough i mean you look at la you know people are migrating out of la the people that can afford to migrate out of LA, by the way, like any sort of, yeah. I don't even know if there is such thing as a middle class out there now. Um, 
what what is their middle class would probably be um somebody doing incredibly well in the midwest you know yeah Um, i mean people make more money there their minimum wage is lower like okay so when i was um 19 i worked down there and i worked in a gym while i was going to school and um i made 525 an hour okay but in oregon it was at the same time 725 an hour and i'm dating myself this is a long fucking time ago but it was still way more expensive to live down there but people had more opportunity to get jobs that were way higher paying right so I mean, I don't know. I guess it balances out. And I don't know how people are getting into homeownership and stuff now down there. I, I don't know. Because you can rent for so much less than what you can buy for per month. So right. I'm not sure. Like, my grandparents live there. Um, all my family lives there, really. And they bought houses so many, so many years ago that now they're just sitting on these, like, appreciated assets that are paid off. But they... Right grandparents bought an ocean view home in palos verdes for like seventy thousand dollars now it's worth like three million oh, yeah. and they yeah. haven't even updated it much <laughs> right makes no fucking sense like who's buying these but people are moving in from other places with more money so like mm-hmm. these young families these uh, people are making money in tech and all that so the houses around them are getting bought up by like younger families who have like tech money and so they just come in they don't care yeah. or asians lots of Chinese coming in and, and buying property around them. Right. Like, like individual Chinese or like, like just, I know like in New York, it's a big problem where you'll just have a, a Chinese company air quotes, come in and buy like an entire high rise building and not do anything with it. Right. right. So it's that point, essentially it's, it's just the Chinese government now owns property in Manhattan. You know, the Chinese government owns a shitload of property here, <laughs> but right. like actual Chinese people are coming and buying houses also. Yeah. So I yeah. had a lot of Chinese clients when I was doing real estate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wonder like, especially in LA, I kind of wonder if some of the home, the people buying houses now, like currently, because of all these people moving out, I wonder if the housing market has lowered a bit. And so that now these people that maybe have established jobs in the city that were kind of on that cusp of homeownership can now maybe afford to buy a house. Um, I don't know. I've... I don't know. People are moving out, you know, and people, I don't know who's moving to LA, but I do know that people are moving out of places like LA and Portland. And I think that we're seeing a whole different migration. I've been seeing this since the beginning of the pandemic is like, calm the fuck down people in red areas. You're not getting blue people. They think they're going to die if they come to your area. Mm-hmm. They're not going to come to your unmasked place and then like taint your situation. They're not going to do that because they're, they think you're going to kill them so chill out because you're getting like-minded people they're like we're in a massive migration in the united states i think where you know blue places are going to get bluer and red places are going to get redder i don't think we're i don't think this like nothing's going to end up purple unless you know i just don't think that's going to happen yeah i'd say um austin might be at threat of that um but I think Texas as a whole as a state wouldn't let that happen. You know? Yes. So Austin's interesting because they like wanted to be Portland so bad. But I just went to Austin and the majority of we loved telling everyone. They're like, where are you guys from? And we're like, Portland. 
And then they would look at us like, oh, how's that going? And we're like, don't let your city become anything like it. Okay. So they just um, made a law that you can't camp on mm-hmm. the sidewalk. Oh, yeah. Which that is 100% different than here. I mean, we instead made a law that you can not only camp on the sidewalk, but shoot up with as much meth as you want in front of everyone and no one can do anything about it. So um, they are making like progress in ways that we have never even fathomed, but they're using us as an example, I think, at this point. And and everyone we talk to is like, we want nothing to do with that. Yes. Hopefully get their shit together on that that end yeah my hope my hope it's a big hope but it's probably incorrect is that people that are migrating like let's say you are a um a moderately liberal person in la moving to somewhere that is traditionally conservative um you know obviously like i'm not gonna tell anybody to change what their values are but i just hope that maybe through this people can start to learn to compromise a little bit more yeah you know and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, agree to disagree. And, you know, I think even, even if somebody has a point of view that I don't necessarily agree with, if, if they explain it to me in a respectful way, I will respect their point of view, right? Like, because, really? because like, I, I don't want to live, I definitely don't want to live in a country where everybody has the exact same views on everything because, well, then, I don't know, you turn into, like, 1950s russia maybe was forced upon you but nothing to do with that um but yeah i think we've i think as a as a country because of the the business aspect or like i don't know the what am i looking for but the politics have almost become a game and it's like almost privatized right it's an us versus them thing and then social media and the mainstream media getting on board with that um yeah we've, we've lost the ability to compromise and and just be civil you know and realize that there is not there's not one answer to any problem in this country you've got 300 million people do you think one one way of doing things is going to work for everybody like it's ridiculous you know and so and, close-minded uh, yeah oh yeah, yeah. so yeah. typically like, like if somebody comes up to me it's just like start spouting out something that's very obviously like there's no there's no thought in what they're saying it's just um what whoever don lemon started spouting out about something or even like i don't even know who's on fox anymore but um no matter what side it's on i immediately just shut down it's like okay like it's so annoying i try to watch all the news networks like a little bit and then um, watch their coverage on the same thing. So like if you're talking about coronavirus, for example, then, okay, well, what is CNN saying about the numbers? What's MSNBC saying about the numbers? And then what the fuck is Newsmax saying? And what the fuck is Fox huh. saying, right? Because they're so different yeah. all the time. Um, and they have such a different approach. Uh, I would do watch a lot of Newsmax, but only because they've had me on a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like uh, I can relate to some of the stuff that they that they say, but I think that they're still polarized, you know, oh, yeah. and all of them are pushing an agenda of some sort. And it's hard not to. I mean, you take marketing classes and all that. It's hard not to push your own like thoughts and feelings and agenda. That's not necessarily what news is about. News to just give us the facts, but mm-hmm. facts are like, so what are facts now? Oh, well, there's that. 
What's yeah, a I mean, fact? As far as any, as far as any company that is broadcasting news, I mean, they have to have funding from something, right? And funding yeah. comes from advertising, yeah. or or either advertising or private donations, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to figure out how how to get like. How do I get people to give me more money to keep doing this? Oh, I tell them what they like, what they want people to hear, right? Like, I promote what they're what they're pushing. Yep. And right now, polarizing people on either side of the spectrum is what gets people to view, and that's just what they're yep. gonna keep doing. And uh, normal normal news isn't gonna get people watching, you know. Um, you know that's why now in reality, I think. Uh, I think podcasting, you know, is probably the the best form of media right now because you're getting you're getting people's mostly you're getting people's genuine opinions regardless of what kind of sponsorships and stuff they have and you can achieve, you can choose to listen not listen you can agree with some things like like I said you you did a show with Dan Holloway I know Dan pretty well I've been down there a couple times. Um, I've, I've gone and done stuff with Dan and his girlfriend. Um, great guy. Uh, very intelligent. And sometimes he says stuff that, like, okay, like, I don't quite agree with that. But at least you're, say, you're saying it. You're, you're at least putting some, some – like, you're putting evidence behind why you formulated this opinion right. or thought on this one thing. So, like, I respect that. And I will actually take that and absorb that, though, when I think about that, that issue or that topic – it helps me be a, a little bit more well-learned because it lets me have a different, like I have it now have a different, um, I don't want to say opinion again, but I know, I know somebody's has presented an argument against mine. And I can use that to formulate a better opinion. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Dan says some things that I'm like, are you fucking serious right now? I feel like you're smarter than this, but at the same time, he also says things that I'm like, Oh, I never really even thought about that. And he does always have a reason for what he says. And I really appreciate that. But I think it would be so boring if we just agreed with each other all the time. Where is the fun in that? Yeah. No kidding. You got a little spark, right? Have some arguments, you know? Yeah. Like, show me a different perspective. I'm totally open to that. And I think that people have totally lost that in society. Like, you need to have open dialogue and agree to disagree. It's fine if we disagree. Right. I think we'll go back to a point we made earlier is I think I genuinely think, and it might be a hope, but I'd like to think it's this way. I think most people are rational regardless of what yeah. their, their stance is and where they kind of, again, I, I really don't like people being like, Oh, it's like this sliding scale left to right, you know, yeah. but I think most people fall somewhere in the middle and are rational, you know, and will speak. Um, but I think, I think those people now are afraid you know, to even consider something else because I, I've, trust me, I've been to like PTA meetings and I'm just like, okay, like I could really just go off on these people, but at the same time, like it, it's on me, you know, it's, uh, I'm, I don't want like my kid to be ostracized because I have a hard stance on a policy that they're talking about in school, yeah. you know, Ma- maybe I should you know, be a little bit more hardlined on that. But at the same time, it's like. I don't know. So, okay. So good example of this would be um, 
every year my my son went to private school up until like the shutdown or I mean public school he went to public school and and he had a good public school and I was always really involved uh and and helped out in the classroom so I could see what was going on but anyways they do this thing um it's called I don't know it's a it's a breeding competition and they get split up into teams every year um for like third fourth and fifth grade and they have to read as a team 16 books. And one of the books that they chose to read was written, uh, was about a fourth grade kid who uh, went through a transition of sex. Like he thought he was a, he was a girl. A fourth grader. Fourth grade. Yeah. And so um, I had a problem with that because, okay, fine. Like you're going to encounter kids that, identify a different way or think they want to or whatever you're going to identify parent you're going to we're going to experience things with parents who think that that's okay and parents that think that that's not okay and so because of the world we live in it's a conversation that we have to have Mm -hmm. but I read the book first and I just the voice that wrote the book I just couldn't get behind like it's one thing if you're talking about your experience, whatever, but I, it just hadn't seemed like that person had like actually dealt with like inner demons and mm-hmm. they were writing it from a place of hate. And mm-hmm. I just, um, I couldn't, I, I had to, my son wasn't allowed to read it mm-hmm. and I told him why. Right. And I wasn't demonizing the process because it is what it is. I don't want him to be a hateful kid a, of you know I don't like back in the day when we were younger like I'm just a few years older than you but I remember kids like making fun of kids they thought might be gay Mm -hmm. that's stupid Mm -hmm. we shouldn't do that and so I don't want him making fun of somebody that you know maybe thinks that they're a girl for five seconds who cares whatever don't make fun of the kid so you know I want to approach it in like a loving way but like this is not okay and this is why and I sat down with his teacher and I was dating a guy at the time who felt the same way. And we had kids in the same grade who were reading the same books. And um, we both wrote letters to the board because it was like his board of parents that were picking the books and the parents that get involved note to all the conservative parents out there. The parents that have been overly involved in your school board are liberal as fuck and they have an agenda. And that's why things like this keep getting passed and so you need to be more involved if you want to change things so that's just a side note but all of the people on the score that were picking the books were like transgenders themselves or like lesbians who are bitter you know those Mm -hmm. kinds of things and I just I sat down with his teacher and I was like look here's the thing I don't give a shit if you are gay or straight or you're a throuple or you have a polyamorous life like I don't care my son knows there's a lot of different types of families out there we're not a traditional family by any means I said but I have a problem with having kids read a book that is written in a voice of extreme bitterness on such an extreme experience and I just he I can't have him read this and I just it makes me feel really uncomfortable but I don't want to make a big stink about it because I don't want him to be singled out Mm -hmm. and picked on like on an administrative level right and she's like well I would encourage you to write the letter but you know just kind of say it like that and um, she's like I haven't read the book so I can't really say anything but I do think it's a really interesting pick on the parents part it's kind of strange they're a little young for this 
but I haven't read it, so I don't know. But I think you should go with your motherly instinct because I don't think you're coming from a place of like hate. You're just it's this is your concern, and they should know that there's parents out there that have concerns. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. But um, but I but it was we were concerned about like our kids not being able to get into um, like some of the higher programs and stuff like that because their parents are over here being activists, like freaking the fuck out. Um, and we didn't want it to dent their opportunity, which is so fucked that we even had to think about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say it was written from a place of like hate or bitterness, uh, was it like written on like bitterness from a, a trans person that probably struggled through that with people that didn't agree with it? I'm assuming it's a point. Yeah. 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 And, and very much like he like this person hadn't really dealt with it yet like yeah they transitioned and all that but like they're not like it they don't have like an inner peace about them like maybe this didn't actually fix you you know no and i I, again (laughs) like you said if if people are like thank god like twitter and social media weren't a big thing when i was like in middle school and stuff because like it was different it was totally different and i think part of this whole cancel culture thing is um they want people to change, but they don't. Because if you do change, right? Like you can go pull up shit from, from me, like in high school, right? Like God oh, yeah. knows the kind of the kind of shit I said in high school, right? But guess what? Through time, I've changed. Realized, like, oh yeah, like it's not cool what I said, and I don't really like to your point. Like I don't care. Like whatever you want to be, like go be it. Just for one, don't be a dick about it, you know. And don't like impose it on me. Right. But yeah, so. Like, I, yeah, the problem I had with this this PTA thing was not quite that severe, but it was the same kind of woke crap. You know, it was, um, well, they wanted the teachers to get to read some book on, like, racial bias. I had, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. But then, like, oh, we should make sure we order these books. So they needed, like, 30 or 40 of them. Like, oh, instead of ordering on Amazon, we should get them from a local bookstore. By the way, there is a local bookstore two blocks from the school, from the elementary school, right? And God knows what it's like to own a bookstore nowadays, you know? So I was like, I I was on board with that. I was like, okay, like questionable material. Well, my first question was like, was it critical race theory stuff? I said, no, it's not. It's just, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I can't really remember exactly what it was, but it's something that's like, a little bit eye rolling, but nothing incredibly concerning. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, we should definitely let's support the local store. I'm a big fan. Like I'm a big proponent of supporting local businesses. Um, you know, I think mm-hmm. the the middle class that came out of World War II are the backbone of what created the country we live in now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I want to see that continue. You know, also I use Amazon constantly. I'm not. I'm not, like, I'm not. I'm not guilty of that. You know. But yep. if there's a chance of Ford, like I'm sure a uh, order of 40 books, 40 hardback books at $40 a pop to this, you know, 30 year old yeah. bookstore in my small neighborhood is a big deal. Well, then some mom raised her hand. It's like, shouldn't we buy these from a black bookstore or a, a black owned bookstore? Again, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. Let's try to find a local one. Well, then they started talking about there are no local ones. So they're just going to go online and find one and order it. And I was like, you've just. Like, you've taken, you've virtue signaled your way out of helping your community at this point. Like, 
if you want to find a, a, a black owned bookstore for sure. But now you're telling the, the guy, the, the guy who's owned this bookstore for 30 years in his own neighborhood, we're not going to buy your books because you're not black. Like it, it's ridiculous to me, you know? And, uh, I've, I've like, I just knew if I tried to get up and make that statement, somebody was, who's much louder and probably much more rude. Like that's another thing. Like I, I have my own opinions. I'll stand up for them, but I, try not to be an asshole to a fault right. about it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, like, yeah. somebody's just going to browbeat me into looking like some racist parent, and the next thing you know, my kid's the one with the racist dad, and then they're going to go on my social media and no. see all see all the Black Rifle coffee shit and the Drinking Bros shit. And be like, oh, now he's a, he's a uh, radical, radical conservative. No. I bet we better check his kid's no. backpack. I bet he's got guns in his backpack and hates black people, you know? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. No, I know. I know. I know. I haven't. <laughs> I felt that way when we decided to pull Brayden out of public school. I was like, yeah, I feel like one of the reasons we have to is because I- I'm going to get labeled like a fucking hate group all of my own if we don't. And then also, but now we're at a small private Christian school and I'm like, oh, I yeah. say fuck yeah. a lot. And um, I don't necessarily think abortion up to a certain point is wrong and so i'm going to be also labeled as a hate yeah. group like i can't win but it's okay yeah we considered I'd rather it. take the pr- prosecution from the christians to be yeah. honest with you <laughs> we considered it um for one i mean the private schools in des moines are astronomically expensive for where they are at yeah um you know and then but then they are the ones here are incredibly uh, strict Christian and Catholic to where points mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm so my full-time job, I'm an engineer. So I always made a joke with my wife. It's like, I'm a man of science. I would like my children to learn science and that's not where they're going to get it. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I do wish there was a better option than what's currently happening. And I'm, a, I honestly, I kind of wish that just public schools would just be better. I guess I would love him to be in a public school. I'd, I want him to be exposed to, diversity whether that's racial diversity or economical yeah. diversity um mm-hmm. and my my mother is has been in the public school she was she started off as a assistant she was going to school to be a teacher got pregnant my older brother became a dropped out of school became an assistant and here we are 35 years later and she's been a teacher she's been an assistant principal she's been an elementary school principal in several places uh came to des moines and she now is the like the manager for all the principals in elementary school. So I do I mean I do have a soft spot for the public school system. Yeah. But I just think right now, like it's just it's it is probably almost kind of maybe what's going on in Portland is the people in charge don't have like the balls to stand up to these people that are just being loud and ridiculous. Right. It's it's easier to just cave it is. than it is to stand up to the people that are being loud and everybody else the you know the rational people that are you know like i just said like too i'm i'm almost too scared to speak my mind sometimes yeah. you know people like us are just sitting here going like what the fuck is going on so yeah, yeah maybe it's well, time to yeah it's here it's interesting because the school board all the members are crazy listening to them speak at meetings is like I, like I'd rather take my head and continuously bang it against a wall. I mean, the amount of woke words that they string together that like they have no fucking clue what they're even saying. 
Like if I have to hear you can like talk about equity one more time when it's not financial, I'm going to literally yeah. wring someone's neck. I can't. <laughs> so well, they just, are, they are, they are sucking in the yeah. bullshit and they believe it. Yeah. And so I just feel yeah. like because of that, nobody's and, even paying you. Yeah. You are just literally crazy. Like you're almost like hypnotized by craziness. Right. And like. I mean, at some point, like, I don't think, I think 90% of the people doing it don't even really believe in what they're saying. It's all about, do they you know, know the, what the they're saying? Well, they don't know what, and they don't care. It's a virtue signaling thing that gets them points on, you know, in their, their book club or on social media. Um, if I say, if I say the word equity, at least five times in three paragraphs, I'm going to win. Right. <laughs> That's yeah, they just use buzzwords, right? Yeah. Oh, racial equity. Like, okay, like there are arguments to be made about racial equity in America, but the way you're saying it, like, you can't. Can you tell me how to, you know, what that even is, or is it just something you heard in some Facebook group, right? To yes, to intimidate, to woke intimidate your way into getting what you want and looking good, right, at a school board meeting. Yeah. Have you watched any of those uh, democratic socialist um, meetings? The point of privilege, point of privilege, please. <laughs> yeah. I have That's ADD. I would like everybody to keep their voice down. That. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, like, I almost, I feel bad for that guy. Like, good luck. All right. Anywhere, anywhere outside of, anywhere outside of Portland, right? Like you're going to get eaten alive. Like, good luck. <laughs> Good luck. That that kind of language is that's, say that's, good say good job say goodbye to a job with benefits. Please, right? do, do not use g g g gendered language. Can you please stop using gendered language? Yeah, that. And um, even that, even the lady at this podium just kind of like, uh, okay, sorry. Like, uh, uh, okay. But but anyways, let's get yeah. on to funner things. Is yes. cereal soup? Is cereal soup? Yeah. Um, interesting question. I guess it kind of is. All right. I mean, when it comes down to it, it's liquid and it's got chunks of shit in it. Yeah. A lot of people have the argument that it's cold, but there's cold soups. There's right? cold soup. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like gazpacho. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I just asked that because you've met, so you've met, we've talked about it a couple times. You've met Dan Holloway. And yeah. whenever I really want to piss him off, I'll ask his cereal soup. And he loses what does he his say? mind. He's like, he just, he pretty much tells me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> he's like, this, he's like, it's not. This is why we have words. This is why we have words. Yeah. I, so the difference I would say is that cereal is crunchy, and I don't know of any like cold crunchy soups. So sure. if you want to have a real difference, it's maybe. Cereal becomes soup when it starts getting soggy. Right. Well, you know, I think these might be the, you know, discussions we need to be having. I right? think so. I think this is much more important. Maybe the next presidential election, I should ask. Yeah. Whoever's I just doing really, that. I think that people need to be in charge. Like, we need to be in charge of asking the, the presidential questions. And right. I feel like that's a really good one. It needs to start off like that. I need yeah. to know what kind of person you are. Yeah. So, is cereal soup. And then another one, Rancher Blue Cheese. <laughs> Oh, blue cheese for me. Oh, no. Ranch. Yeah, I'm a blue ranch. cheese. I like moldy cheese. Yeah, ranch, or as we call it in the Nooner Nation, eagle's milk. 
Eagle's milk. Yeah. Okay. Wait, why? Um. So in college, <laughs> it's really funny. I like I. In college, I I went and hung out with my older brother one time, and we were just got really drunk, and I think one of us was probably pretty high, and. Mm-hmm. Started talking about, I don't know if you're familiar with the Canadian flavor of chips, American flavored. No. Was well, the ranch. They're ranch flavored. And they call them American. So then, we, so then we just started going off about how ranch is so American. It's pretty much might as well be bald eagle's milk. Oh, my God. That's so and funny. I didn't think really anything of it. I knew it was kind of a humorous thing. And then um, when Drinking Bros started doing live shows um a problem neither one of us have yet we'll get there is that uh once you get to like a thousand subscribers people can like donate money through live chat oh yeah mm-hmm. and you get like whatever you can like yeah. do a message in live chat super chat um they they got into the debate about blue cheese or ranch and i just did like five bucks just to see like get a laugh out of people so they'd see i said ranch aka eagles milk and everybody just went insane and it just turned into a whole thing so I, I had Eagles Milk T-shirts made. And, oh my uh, God, that's so funny. So yeah, so yeah. It's, it's Eagles Milk here. Oh God, that's fucking hilarious. Mindy's gonna love that. I have to tell my friend Mindy. Oh yeah, he loves ranch. I fucking hate I ranch. The best. So. so so do you go boneless or boned? On my wings. Yeah. I like bones. Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel like I like the idea of just like ripping the meat off. Like yeah. it doesn't feel like a wing without yeah. bone. Like I, I also, how the fuck do you make? wingless bone or boneless wings it's just breast meat um it's they're they're fancy nuggets yeah. see they're see, fancy nuggets it's i will say i'm they're also incredibly nuggets. lazy so i'll go boneless you know i don't care yeah yeah they're done right plus work plus work plus work so you, do you go you, you go drums or flats um I, I like the drums i want to feel like i'm eating a fucking thigh or whatever it is right yeah. i don't know krista you're giving me nothing i'm a flats guy God. Like spicy. See, I can go spicy. I can go spicy as long as it has flavor. Yeah. Flavor, spicy, dip it in blue cheese. Right. So also I have I'm under the opinion that uh, I brought this up later. I want to bounce this off of you. Should Demi Lovato be crowned the patron saint of the retarded? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think I think she should. Yeah. Like she's singing to ghosts and shit now. Yep. Uh, can you explain to me what California sober is? California sober. Yeah, she says she's no longer California sober. I yeah. don't know. I've never heard that term. I'm gonna figure. I'm gonna have to figure it out. I'll have to figure that one. Out. I thought maybe since you're California, it must be a new thing. I think it's so. probably new and trendy, and I don't really know about. that. I'm assuming it's like no hard drugs. Maybe, maybe that's California sober, but there's a lot of hard drugs in California. Maybe she doesn't drink and she just does hard drugs. That'd explain a lot. I don't know. I don't Either know. way, I mean, she's the poster child of why we shouldn't have Narcan. But oh, a hundred percent, Narcan needs to just go. Yeah, eh, I'm. I joke. I mean, I don't know. I. It's another one of those debates, kind of like abortion. Like, is there a right answer for saving no. somebody's life with Narcan? I don't know. Well, now that we have so much fentanyl in the streets, like Narcan's not going to fucking save yeah, you. So true. good luck. I actually, I've had some. I've lost some friends. With fentanyl and over the last couple of years it's really they, sad. They, they had problems already with some you know opioids 
um, which is another problem we can do a whole show on, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they thought they had something else, and it turned out to be fentanyl. And That is why you kids don't do drugs. Yeah. I don't know. Weed's pretty fun sometimes. Yeah, well, we as I, as I remember, see, as I remember, I get drug tested, so I can't do that. So I just drink like a fish. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I think weed needs to just be legal throughout the whole U.S. And I think the Pfizer getting into the weed business is fucked. So, mm. well, you know, just another revenue that. stream. Vaccines and weed. Fuck them. Yeah. Maybe the Stop, va- don't taint our weed. Well, maybe it's a long play. Maybe the vaccine, they're pushing the vaccine so hard. Just because they figured out a way to make THC addictive. Oh, God. So once you've been vaccinated and then they're going to make weed legal, you're going to get addicted to the THC that they're selling. Maybe you should roll with this conspiracy theory. I'm into it. I will. I'll get, uh, you know, yeah. I'll be the next Q. I think you, you know. should. I'm already on board with birds aren't real. Oh, yeah. The birds aren't real thing is fascinating. It is awesome. I'm not I'm not yeah. solely on board. I think some birds are real. No, but- some- Birds have to be real. Yeah. It wouldn't make pigeons. sense. Pigeons use... definitely not real. You ever seen a baby yeah. pigeon? Uh, no. I oh, also yeah. haven't ever seen an animal kill a pigeon. But I've seen my cat. My old cat would bring me dead fucking birds all over. The... So I know not all birds are. Yeah, they got to have some real ones to fool people, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but the real birds aren't, like, running into your windows. Or, I mean, the fake birds aren't running into your windows and, like, short-circuiting. I mean, they might be. They'll, they lose remote control or something and run into your window. They could be, but you can see, like, okay, so here's my question. Do the remote control fake birds, are they, do they have, like, like, blood and shit? Like, is it kind of like a Westworld situation? Could be. They're could kind be. of I mean, you can go back even further. To like, robotic. Yeah. You can go back even further, like, alien, right? There's, you know, a yeah. humanoid android. Humanoid. Yeah. Yeah. We may never know. We might not ever know, but know I really who had, know who had the answers? JFK, and they killed him for it. Fuck them. Yeah, that was that was, that was Bush Senior, by the way, who killed JFK. The Son Bushes are so corrupt. Yeah. This is why I'm not an actual Republican, guys. Yeah. Like I can't with it all. Well, they're all any any. Uh, just, like label themselves, yeah. and they want to call themselves whatever just to keep us hating well, each any, other. Any aristocratical, aristocratic. Yeah. Any of those big families, you know, you, you want to start going down some conspiracy theory. You start looking at like all these families, like the was it twelve families or something that run the world? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. pretty wild. That's a fun. That's a fun journey. One like of them. It. One of them built the biggest publicly owned house in history or something in my hometown, the Biltmore Estates in Asheville. Oh yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Vanderbilts. Yeah. Pretty wild place. Yeah. So, and then yeah. one more politically charged question: Should okay. Britney be free? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Brittany should definitely. Did she got her freedom? Didn't she? I think so. Right. Yeah, she definitely deserves that. And now I think she needs to tell us her whole story. She might. I also think that the fact that there is a huge legal battle <laughs> over whether enough she's whether she's mentally capable enough of handling her own life just speaks volumes to like the privilege of wealth and being famous. Because mm-hmm. if I was, if I went nuts, like nobody gives a shit if I spend all my no. money, right? No, no one give a fuck. But I don't know. She spins a lot. There's something going on in that head. She does something a lot of twirling. Something going on in that head for sure. But I think that something definitely caused what's going on in that head. So what was the cause of it? Uh, being a child star. 
I think that fucks people up. Can. Yeah. Especially. But what like, do they do? Like, is it an MK Ultra thing where they're like hypnotizing these kids? Because maybe. Maybe. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm saying like I'm not. I'm not going to say I don't believe in it. I'm not going to say I believe in it, but I'm also not going to say I don't believe in it. Right. Saying it's a possibility. Yeah, well, the bird outside your window right now is listening to what you're saying. I know. Well, I don't know. I'm probably on every single list. Oh, yeah. You're on a watch list. Oh, Oh, yeah. Did you get, like, searched coming uh, going to Austin? No. No? I haven't been searched yet. So uh, I did mean to ask you that. How did you get connected with uh, Dan and those guys? We started following each other on social media. I don't know if uh, I know a couple people in Austin, and so I'm not sure if they like um, if we got connected through them or. But I think that Jared maybe started following me first, and then Dan, and then I started following them and like just conversations here and there. Mm -hmm. And I started listening to their podcast, and they're fucking hysterical. So, oh yeah, um, yeah, just through that. Awesome. So what, did you make a trip down there just for that or were you already going? No. Um, so Mindy, my friend that owns the business that I do like literally everything with my like only friend, according to social media, really, um, her and I, uh, went to Dallas. Uh, her son's just moved to Texas. Okay. So, um, they went to Dallas, they moved to Dallas. So we went and visited them and then we'd never, neither one of us had ever really explored Austin and we have a couple friends there. So we're like, let's go to Austin. And so then I, sent Dan a message was like, I'm going to be in Austin. I want to see your studio. Oh yeah. So, what do you think yeah. of that? That's, uh, it's fucking rad. Yeah, like that's inspiring. It's not very big, but there's so much fucking equipment and oh, different yeah. sets. Like it's awesome. Yeah. I walked in, I was like, look at this setup. This oh yeah. Fun. <laughs> yeah. I was there. I went in there the first for the first time for the super bowl, this past super bowl. And, uh, I walked in, I was like, well, now, like, all the set stuff, like, all the different sets makes sense, but this is insane. And it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Podcast goals, by the way. They actually, they just, no, yeah, I'm sure they told you, that. they just bought, like, a property in Austin or doing a huge studio out there. Like, they're going to have a, a couple of different sets and, like, a, I think they're, I don't know if it could be a brewery, but, like, a bar and all sorts of crazy stuff. So I love that. Yeah. That's so rad. I asked Dan a while ago, I was like, so how many subscribers do does somebody need for you to pay attention to them and like bring them on your network? Um, He's like 50,000. Like, yeah. Oh, no. yeah, we're getting there. And actually, I think um, there's several people within the, like the kind of the drinking bros community that have kind of what we've got going on, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like startup or niche podcast stuff and I'm, I'm connected with most of them and we're trying to figure out a way not necessarily like a official network but a way that we could all get together to benefit each other in that way right because there's definitely power like in numbers mm-hmm. and i think um podcasting though i don't know how yours is uh my audio numbers do pretty well mm-hmm. compared to the the audio numbers peak a little bit differently than how the youtube is but i definitely think and traditionally audio is always where it was at yeah um but i think it's kind of shifting to video a lot more now Mm -hmm. um so yeah and and for youtube you don't really get any kind of help from youtube until you hit like a thousand subscribers which it's i'm only on episode 15 but a thousand subscribers seems like an impossibility yeah, we're I, really far away from that i mean i had a guy i had a former green beret who now 
um, rescues Belgian Malinois, trains them, and donates them as service dogs, right? Who Black Rifle Coffee did a coffee specifically for this guy, and he's only got 500 subscribers on YouTube. I'm like, how? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Do, we have, do we have to buy them? Like, what do we got to do? I don't know. I, I don't know. I have a follower who's got given me some good tips on YouTube. Do you think I follow them? No, not really because it's hard. Um, but, but he's, he was saying that like, you know, the, the they have facial recognition. So mm -hmm. your face is important to have on all the thumbnails. Oh God. Um, and then being consistent yeah. about yeah. when you upload. Mm -hmm. So we just started doing that like the last two weeks and we're uploading Wednesdays at six p.m um so i i don't know we're gonna try out the consistency thing and yeah. and you know tagging he said to max out your tags yeah i get really weird about like tagging stuff because i don't know like i don't know what to tag i don't know yeah like i also don't want to look desperate but maybe i need to be There's, well so the tag like you can't really see them on youtube like what like a hashtag basically so when you're uploading your video and there's like the tags mm -hmm. so he said maximize those tags and then um what else did he say uh oh like a transcript or whatever of like oh. the minutes oh so like, i did oh, say minutes, yeah i noticed i was watching some whatever. of your uh on some of your stuff yeah. and saw you guys started having that i need to yeah. again it all goes that back to that i can't listen to my own voice so i don't really want to go back and re-listen having my um younger sister who doesn't podcast with us but she started editing her stuff and i was like hey so her and mindy's son are going through and like both taking a half and now transcripting it for us so yeah so something <laughs> like that uh maybe not so much like a producer Maybe a no, producer, but yeah. that's what we've talked about, like this group. Like if, I'm, if, yeah. if we have six or seven of us doing shows, like it's pretty easy to pay somebody, 100%. you yeah. know, a couple of, you know, 200 yep. bucks a month or something to just go through our shows and do that, yeah. like take notes and do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we're getting there. You know, I yeah. definitely enjoy this. I want to see it taken off. Is, uh, could you see, uh, is, is one of the dreams for, you know, podcasting to be a, a full-time thing for you? Yeah, I think so. I think I'd really like it. I mean, who doesn't want to fucking talk for a living? Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I got to, you know, watch out because um, the more drinks I get in me, the more I chatter. Mm -hmm. You know, you can definitely tell. Yeah. I've, been, I've been on the mimosas for this thing. Definitely That's get more good. talkative. Good. That's good. If I didn't have to go to an eye appointment, I'd have, I'd, I'd have a glass of whiskey in my hand. Nice. What's your go-to whiskey? Um, usually just Jameson, but I like like Basil Hayden's and I like some flavored whiskey. I like, um, I like Revelstoke has a pecan whiskey. I really like, okay. um, but I like mixing it with not flavored because it can be too sweet. And I like peanut butter whiskey too. I, I do like that. Oh, a uh, screwball. Yeah. I like the screwball kind. See, I'll do a, I could do like a shot of screwball and be like, oh, it's really good. And then do a second one and be like. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, I just I don't like want to put one. it on a big ice cube. Oh, do you? Uh, somebody has told me to, what is it? Oh, do put a shot of screwball and mix it with a shot of red wine. Oh, interesting. It was like peanut butter and jelly. Mm, interesting. Yeah, okay. I haven't tried it yet. It sounds like a headache, but oh, yeah. willing to try. I don't think you want to drink a lot of them. No, maybe just one. Just so. to try it out. Just well, to see how it is. 
Well, cool. So before we wrap up, I know you got an eye appointment and stuff. Um, it is close to Christmas. You got any big plans? Do anything fun? Um, I'm actually flying to LA tomorrow. My son's going to be with his dad for the last half of um, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and into the week. So I'm going to visit my family in Los Angeles. So we'll see if I can get into places. I'll have to report back. Okay, um, since yeah. they have their vaccine passport and I'm not vaxxed, everyone. So I might be locked out of my favorite places. We'll see. It'll be a fun adventure. Do you have to do you have to be vaccinated even if you're eating outside? Like if it's outdoor dining? I think so. I could be wrong though. So we'll all, I guess when I get there I'll learn the rules when I try to go do something and I can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can definitely this next comment we can go down a rabbit hole on, but we'll save it. But like I think we're gonna have to like have two different science books moving forward. You have real science yep. and Fauci science. Uh -huh. I think so. Science well, and then what you want to believe is science. Science, science, and science for profit. Really, is what yes, it, they are, science right? and science for profit. You know. I feel like that's all it is right now. Well, cool. Well, I had a blast with you on here. Uh, definitely, yeah. we'll have you on next time. You might have to be my go-to yes. political uh, oh, correspondent. Yeah. Yeah, right. I can do that. I can definitely do that. And you, you're gonna be on ours too. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm excited for that. We were gonna, we we're gonna bang, bang these, um, but schedules. And actually, I was kind of thinking about it. That might have been better because we just had a conversation, an hour and twenty minute yeah. conversation. Yeah. You know, I think having a little space in between gives some time to refresh, so it's not the same conversation twice. Yeah. Know? For sure. Yes, and Chloe will be joining us for ours, and she always comes. She thinks she's the funniest person she knows, right. so it'll be fun to have her, yeah. you know, three cents. And and also. Chloe, by the way, I know you're going to watch this. Um, when I come on, I wasn't the one who said what city you were in. <laughs> that was my fault. She'd be like, you fucking bitch. Yeah, yeah, so bitch at her, not me. <laughs> be nice to me. I, I crumble. I just crumble under, you know, aggression from females. Can't handle it. Mm -mm. So, so uh, let everybody know where they can find you. Okay. Um, so we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all the things. I think we just ended up on iHeartRadio too. Um, the Drunk Politics Podcast. Um, you can find us at drunkrepublic.co. Um, we have some merch that's really cool. We're coming out with some more stuff. And then also um, you can find us on YouTube. Drunk Politics is our YouTube channel. Is it? Well, is, the, is it under? I thought it was under your name, isn't it? It's under my name, yeah. But the tag, it's like YouTube slash whatever slash Drunk Politics. Oh, so gotcha. Gotcha. It and is, either way. It has either way. the Drunk Politics tag, but it is under my name. Right. I started it under my personal shit. Like, mm. I don't know why I did that, but now it's. Yeah, yeah I don't know. it's a little I late to turn back, too. Here we are. Here we are. Just follow me, Krista yeah. Hilton. You can find me on Instagram, too, the Krista Hilton, and then all the links to all of our shit. Yeah, yeah. and I'll definitely put the links uh, in the YouTube description and shit, so you can find those. So, yeah, like she said, as far as Nooner Nation, everybody knows what to do. Like, subscribe, uh, go out to iTunes, rate and review. Um, if you don't have an iPhone, steal one and rate and review because for whatever reason, people don't really care about any other platform except for iTunes. Um, so there's that. Uh, also share, you know, definitely share all of this. Um, it goes a long way, uh, just like pretty much anything nowadays, whether it be a podcast or a small business, social media seems to be the driver 
for that. So definitely like, you know, just share stuff on Instagram for sure. Um, so yeah, other than that, uh, you know, thanks for coming on and have a great Christmas. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Merry Christmas. She's running